Welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana, your host, and I'm so glad you're tuned in, listening, watching, and whatever service you're consuming this content. I'm glad you're here. And if you're new to the channel, please make sure to tap that big red subscribe button. And there's a bell right next to it that if you click it, it turns on notifications. So whenever new episodes get released, you get a notification. So you're the first to know about it and therefore the first to implement and get the results coming in your direction, your business. So I'm glad you're here. Without further ado, let's dive into the topic with my super special guest, Jesse Stein, talking about the modern landscape of digital marketing and what are some opportunities in the physical marketing space. If you're running a local business, if you're a realtor and doing any kind of a business where it's you in a specific target market area, your ability to reach customers is becoming more and more difficult, more and more strenuous, and it's going to require more ingenuity than it has in the past years because guess what? Digital marketing is changing. There is a trend toward more privacy, which is a great thing. It's a great opportunity. But if you're a marketer and you don't know what's going on when it comes to data tracking, analytics, and privacy, you're potentially holding back the impact of your marketing. And so today's conversation is with an expert in the space of all things digital marketing, not just in the real estate space, but in a wide variety of arenas. And he's going to lend his expertise specifically on a couple of matters that are of critical importance to you as a local business owner. That is your ability to market through some old school channels that have had kind of a renaissance. And there's a massive opportunity right now in the old school channels, but also how do you get the data of, for instance, homeowners inside of your geographic farm so you can ensure that your marketing is targeting the right audiences to grow and scale your brand, to attract more business. And so I will be joined today by an absolute wizard of marketing named Jesse Stein, who is the founder and the CEO of audience.co, which is an amazing company. I'm sure we'll get into some of the details about what they do in the interview, but he has a long history of other startups, most of which worked, some of which did not, but has a lot of experience in terms of digital marketing and what is the convergence of digital marketing in a physical world and how do those come together and how do you build a brand and trust at a local level? So Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Jason. Okay. Now we're going to talk about a bunch of nerdy stuff. So I kind of foreshadowed it a little bit. I want to have a conversation about what's happening in the world of data privacy. And I wonder if you could share with the audience what you're seeing. And I'm thinking about the app tracking transparency framework. I'm thinking about sort of the embargo on third-party data and third-party cookies. And that might go over a lot of people's heads because they're just trying to run their businesses. But how would you explain what's happening in that context? Yeah, so you have to be extraordinarily careful. When in doubt, uh, never reach out to a cold homeowner. So the name of the game is you need to warm up that homeowner. Mm -hmm. So that piece of outbound marketing, whether it's a phone call, and remember, you have to be in alignment with state laws, uh, yeah. whether it's an email, whether you're door knocking, whether any form of outbound must be to an audience that you've warmed up first. Mm. And it's a more difficult environment for sure. Since iOS 14 came out a couple of years ago on iPhone, what that was, was it made Facebook and Instagram ad impressions way less targeted because it made yeah. it so the apps on iPhone couldn't share data uh, cross app. And it just made Facebook and Instagram impressions less targeted. So a lot of realtors and other small businesses were using Facebook and Instagram, and some still do, but right. those are less targeted. And so now 
folks are moving toward other forms of marketing. But the name of the game is restraint. And if you don't have something to give of real value to that homeowner, then don't reach out. That, that's hey, if all this talk about the quality of your marketing, the quality of your videos, the value in your emails has you questioning if your marketing is truly up to snuff and you recognize there could be a strategic opportunity for you to level up and improve your marketing message and thereby the results of your marketing, then make sure to check out our course series, Marketing Pro. It's three online courses packed together, one that talks about social media and video, one that talks about email marketing at the best level, and one that talks about how to dial in your Google business profile to get found by more customers online. All those elements brought together in one series called Marketing Pro to take your marketing to the next level. If you're interested, click the link in the description. I dig that. One of my favorite all-time marketing quotes is from Jay Bear. He said, make your marketing so useful people would pay you for it. And you're describing the origins of Seth Godin's permission-based marketing. Market when you have the permission, it's warming up an audience. I fundamentally agree. And you talked about the app tracking transparency framework and the impact that's put on or the strain that's put on platforms like Facebook and Instagram in terms of their ability to let you track, hey, who's on your website? So you can retarget them on Facebook and Instagram. And that data has become a lot less reliable. Compounding that, you also have special ad categories that have a lot of a lot of the restrictions from special ads in the real estate space. Anybody who's advertising in real estate should already know there's a lot of rules and regulations depending upon where you're watching from. Like for example, fair housing. You should not and cannot market in a way that's discriminating uh, and so Facebook a few years ago, they got sued about enabling this to happen and it was happening and it wasn't okay. And when they made the corrections, they called it special ads category and housing is under this umbrella of special ads categories. And it effectively puts up, if you're playing a game of bowling, it's like gutter guards, like you just can't go there. They effectively block your ability to target certain interests or intent signals or ways that you might target somebody you believe is actually an ideal candidate to buy or sell a house in a specific market, for instance. But they've also added a lot of geographic limitations. And so uh, we're, I'm sure most people listening and watching know that you can't target zip codes anymore. And this is carried over into Google and to YouTube and to all other platforms because they want to insulate against the possibility of some kind of a predatory discriminating form of marketing. And it's, and it's great but this keeps getting a little bit more. So for example, Facebook or Meta that is recently removed the ability to target people who live in a specific area. It used to be you could create an ad where, hey, I can do a 15 mile radius still of people who live in, were recently in, or are actively traveling to an area, but now you can't do that. It's all blurred. And so what I'm getting at is, it's becoming more difficult to reach the audience that's in your backyard that may be looking to buy or sell a house, for instance. And so I want to have that conversation today about what do you do to work around that? I wonder if you have any other thoughts that could just give some light to this, this world of privacy and transparency and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you just want to be really careful when you buy homeowner data, for example. Okay. So you yeah. don't want to buy random lists of no. <laughs> you want to go through real channels. And so, for example, we, uh, with our handwritten note service, we yeah. sell homeowner data and we only go through the best providers. And so you want to look at folks like Property Radar, mm -hmm. like Property Shark for New York City specifically and Street, yep. Street Easy. There's services like that 
that can be really good. And then you want to enhance or enrich the data with services like hunter.io, where you can take the data and enrich with email addresses, for example. Mm. But again, the overarching, like the, the bumper sticker is add value. And so you'll never go wrong. If that's your true north and your mission truly, and you're guileless, right? You're not working angles with the homeowner. You are truly obsessed with serving more, protecting more, educating more, helping yep. more, assisting more, guiding more, creating more intelligent market reports, really, really helping them without any expectation of anything in return, right? Give, 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 give. And at the end of that rainbow, you will absolutely get. And so that should be your guiding light. And that is a common thread that runs through super hyper successful realtors who have made a career of being a phenomenal guide or yeah. educator. Totally. So I imagine there's a lot of folks listening, watching right now who would absolutely say, this guy's right. That's right. You have to create valuable content. You have to create, you have to go give to get, that is the nature of it. And I do think, you know, Phil Jones talks about um, from a sales standpoint, using his uh, scripts and dialogues or his language patterns in his book, it's not what you do to somebody, it's what you do for them. And in the same sense, marketing isn't what you do to somebody, it's what you do for them. So I, I think we all agree, your marketing has to be useful. If your marketing isn't useful, if this isn't valuable, if it's just the same ad over and over and over again, we can break down all the walls today in terms of, we can still show you how to reach your target customer, but if you don't reach them with the right message in a way that adds value to their lives, they're still not gonna wanna work with you. Notwithstanding, I think there are a lot of folks who are watching and listening and would agree. And they would say, yeah, I want access to my consumer again because I believe the message I'm sharing with them is valuable to their lives. Uh, in the real estate application, it's, you know, hey, we want to help you stay informed about what's happening in your backyard, your local marketplace, but it is becoming more difficult to do that online because of a lot of restrictions um, that are imposed against, in particular, the housing industry. So you made a comment about being able to use tools like Property Radar, where I'll just fill in some gaps or backstories. So what you're getting at, it sounds like is, hey, most of these advertising portals like Meta, like TikTok, like Google, they enable advertisers, i.e. you, the people who are watching and listening, to create a customer list of data that is of potentially the homeowners in your geographic farm, for instance. It's their first name, it's their last name, it's their email address, their mobile phone number, whatever data you have. And you can create that list and upload it into one of these platforms and theoretically direct your ads, that is your content that is valuable in and of itself, at that audience so they can get exposure and warm them up. Is that where you're going with this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, all, all marketing in 2023 and beyond is omni-channel and totally integrated. And so, and I always look for where's the underpriced attention, right? Huh. And you referred to Jay Bear earlier, who's like yeah. one of my favorites, him, uh, you know, Andy Cernowitz, these, these word of mouth marketing experts. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like how to turn your customers into volunteer marketers, right? Jay Abraham, yeah about how it should you should be so good as a trusted as a trusted advisor for life that you it's a moral imperative to ask for a referral so i look at <laughs> i look at like you you ask like okay you, you get these lists from from places like property radar and others let's say you upload them into your brokerage 
CRM or into a phenomenal CRM, like a follow-up boss or, or other, what do you do with it? How do you start? Where do you begin? Or, or what don't you do with it? Maybe we yeah, start there. Do do with it? The thing that you don't do with it is you do not mass email people unsolicited. Repeat that, never, please. Never, ever mass email unsolicited. If you, if you want to very quickly uh, get rejected and dejected and, and, uh, and yeah. asked aside as a realtor in your farms, yeah. absolutely mass email, mass text, be annoying please, uh, because it'll, it'll backfire almost immediately. People, it will be cringy at best. And at mm -hmm. worst, we'll get a nasty gram from, uh, from multiple uh, law firms who troll for this sort of thing. And they have automated right. systems. Uh, and so just don't, don't do it. It's not only- so Don't uh, mass email the list. No matter how good the, or reputable the provider from whom you got the data is, don't mass email the list. But what can you do with the list? Yeah. So- you can uh, send handwritten notes, for example, to the list, um, offering something of value. Uh, mm -hmm. And you would want to test a small portion of it. See this. how it so responds. Yeah, see how it responds. So let's just say that you want to farm 500 households. Yep. Um, and, and remember, like, always keep in mind that the, the real Goal, don't put the cart before the horse, right? You want to make sure you nurture your, your transaction sphere before. Yep. And, and those are the folks, so the, those are the buyers and the sellers that you've, you've dealt with in the past. And we all, we all know that, but we all uh, tend to forget it sometimes. So let's say you've got a, a list of 500 that you've bought um, from us, from Property Radar, Property Shark, Street Easy, um, somewhere out there. And you want to go to a place like, um, like Unbounce, um, and then you want to, um, I'm sorry, zero, zero bounce and others, and you want to make sure those emails are hygienic, that they're clean. So it's really important, even if you get emails from a place like hunter.io for homeowners, those emails might be bad. They might not be open anymore. And so what so does talk about like what a spam trap and what these bad emails might be and what that could do as a consequence to a marketer? Absolutely. So there are law firms, for example, that will seed emails into lists um, just to see if you're mass emailing a group of people unsolicited with no unsubscribe link. So make, make certain as well that if you ever email a group of people that you do it through a proper CRM and that you have a, a working unsubscribe link. You don't want to be one of those super annoying people that emails, yeah, where's the unsubscribe link? It's not there. So you yeah. want to make sure you do that. Go go to a place like Zero Bounce uh, first, and it costs pennies. And you can you can run a list of five hundred emails through that, and and come up with ones that um, that are not good anymore. And then you can dip your toe in the water before doing a cannonball. So you want to make sure that you might reach out to ten percent of that list again with yeah. something of value, a market report. Um, I'll I'll get your home valuation for you. Some something uh, valuable. It could even be a, a neighborhood report with some interesting. Uh, may, maybe you interviewed the head of admissions for the private school, and yeah. you did this amazing interview, right? And you want to share that with people. Maybe you interviewed the, the the mayor of the town, and and you want to you want to talk about that again. Like, how can I help? How can I add value? So you want to just keep that as your guiding light. And then when it comes to uh, phone and text, like mm. 
almost, I mean, there's multiple states that ban it in the first place. Absolutely. You don't even want to go there. Uh, but then when you call, right, that should always be to an audience that's been warmed up either by a note or you met them at a, you know, a networking event or somehow that audience is warm. Otherwise you're just going to be annoying and you may get yourself into legal trouble. So you can call and you can text in states that allow it, but you want to do it very cautiously and only to warm audiences. Yeah. And also be aware of any other overarching federal laws like the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, the do not call list, et cetera, et cetera. But let's go. I want to go back for a second and just talk about the general line of logic that we're seeing happen here. Uh, digital marketing is just a level of access to consumers we've never had before. But now it's changing over the past two to three years, we've seen some pretty significant inroads in terms of uh, consumer privacy and putting the consumer first online. And that's all good, it's excellent. However, some of the tools we've long relied on as marketers and advertisers to target people in specific geographic areas or people with different interest or intent signals that would make them seem like the right people to target your content toward or your ads toward, that's been lessened in terms of its impact. We've seen changes like the app tracking transparency framework. We've seen uh, special ad categories. We've seen personalized advertising policies on Google and all these different uh, elements coming together to make it more challenging. And so what can you do? Well, I think there's two things you can do. First and foremost, you still have the ability as an advertiser, and this conversation between us is more about the advertising side of it. It's not just, I, we're not saying you shouldn't be doing your traditional content on social media. And it's not that at all, but from an advertising standpoint, if you're, for example, trying to dominate as a geographic farm area in your backyard, it's getting harder. So what can you do? Well, most of these ad portals, TikTok, Meta, Google, they enable advertisers to upload customer lists whereby you can target directly at those people. And what you're saying you can do is you can go to reputable services to get that list data. Uh, you mentioned Property Radar, uh, there's there's tons of them out there. You said enriching it with Hunter.io to fill in or skip trace other missing data points and then scrubbing your list, looking for spam traps or faulty little numbers that are not actually in service through, I think you said it was zero bounce? Yeah, zero bounce. Zero bounce. And then what can you do? So that brings us to what can you do with that list? Well, assuming everybody listening and watching is operating from the standpoint of, I'm not trying to spam anybody. I'm simply trying to add value and reach the right customers with the right information to help them make informed choices. Assuming your heart is in the right place, I think you have a couple of really powerful options right now. One is creating those customer list, custom audiences in your targeted campaigns on Meta and other platforms. And what I, in, in my simple mind, here's what I think. You already have their email address and I'm curious your thoughts on this. You already have it. We're not gonna email it. We're not gonna email it because we don't really have permission to email it. There is this invisible line of demarcation between what I would call personal communication channels and impersonal communication channels. Sending somebody physical mail is somehow deemed an impersonal communication channel because it's not as restricted in the context of permission marketing. But texting or calling or emailing somebody is on the other side of that fence. Targeting an audience with ads is on the fence side of impersonal comparatively. Would you ag agree with that so far? Totally. Custom audiences are no brainer and you'll spend just pennies doing it yeah. with an audience of 500 or 750 or, or a thousand. You'll spend a couple bucks a day and it's just yet another touch. And I totally agree well, with you. It's not only a touch, 
I would do it with an offer designed to get them to give you their email address so that now you have the permission to actually email them. 100%. Yeah. You and you can get it for cheap. I, I have some clients doing it right now and they're spending about a dollar to $2 a day generating email addresses. And then they're now, they're long enough into it. We're like, we're starting to see, we got the email here for a buck on Facebook or whatever. And now they're searching for homes and now they're out in the field with my agents on the team buying properties. Wow. We yeah. just attract, and, and what was the offer that got the email address? They were just giving good information about the market. It yep. was like, like you were talking about a market update. So there's, there's that side of the coin, which is customer list, custom audiences, targeting them and getting them to give you the email address because you gave them an offer that warranted it. But then talk more about the other opportunities of physical mail. And yeah, yeah I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. So again, all, all marketing has to be integrated. And so physical mail, the reason I started audience.co, which has robots that hold pens and write just like humans. And we it's do freaking awesome. Hand, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. We have 350 robots and we work with thousands of agents and um, we, we, it's, it's phenomenal. I get six times the response of normal direct mail. And then people, mm -hmm. if you do it right, uh, like I'm holding up a card right now, if you do it right on a fixed dot card with a beautiful graphic with no branding on the front, that is a local landmark that resonates with their community. And then you make the note bifold like we do, and you give them an opportunity to respond easily with a QR code label and maybe a cool little um, doodle inside that resonates with your brand somehow. Then what happens is, <laughs> unlike other marketing, you kind of defy the time-space continuum. And I know that sounds esoteric, but this is what I mean by that. You cut through the noise. You cut through the noise and you get people to keep and display it. Unlike email, unlike normal direct mail, unlike a, a Facebook ad impression and do all of those things, do everything. You need to be integrated, do the bus bench, you know, what, whatever it takes. But the cool thing about the handwritten note is it forms a deeper bond with people in your farm and sphere and then they keep and display it. And so when they are interested, you're top of mind. And then the key with physical, uh, ad impressions is you have to follow the user journey now kind of from their mailbox to their inbox. You have to like, they're yeah. living in the digital world um, most of the time. And so you have to follow them there. And so once you've warmed up the audience with that cool note, and remember what you're doing here is you want to add, you want to introduce yourself. You want to add value. Don't make stuff up about fake buyers that you have. <laughs> if you don't really yeah. have those buyers that are really looking for their home, don't mention it. If you do, by all means, that's adding value to them that they just missed out on buying a home. Just right. be honest, um, but introduce yourself and be earnest and then add value. And maybe the QR code takes them to a market report. Uh, maybe it just, and maybe you're just leaving them with a keepsake. And that's all the purpose was. You left them with this beautiful note that they display on their kitchen counter, on their fridge, on their home office desk, on their mantle, whatever, and it's cool. And they remember you as a result. Then you can follow, create custom audiences inside of Meta and so forth. But my favorite thing now, it's a couple things now. Number one, LinkedIn message ads are yeah. the kind of redheaded stepchild of the digital marketing world. Um, not a lot of 
people really do those because they're perceived as annoying when you're on LinkedIn. And those of you that are listening or watching, if you're on LinkedIn, that's your kind of the LinkedIn messages that come in uh, yeah. into your inbox. And most of them are, it's called in-mail. Most of them are pretty annoying. It's like, yeah, I have an IT company and I really want it. They're not targeted. Exactly. But if you sent them a note, those LinkedIn message ads are somewhere between 30 cents and a dollar, depending. And you can send them with a very targeted message. Hey, I just wanted to follow up on the handwritten note I sent and make sure you got the market report that I prepared specifically for you, for example. So LinkedIn message ads, number one, I, I love I love that. I think it's it's underpriced as an ad impression. The rest of LinkedIn is is pretty overpriced, actually, in my in my opinion. And then the second thing I'm super excited about these days is vertical video, short yeah. vertical video between 30 seconds and a minute. And, you know, I just was super lucky and had one of my vertical videos go viral. It's got like 10.8 million views. And oh, I wow. love to attribute that to me. It's more just like luck, algorithm, and a really cool hack that I got to teach. But the cool thing, this is the first time since the beginning of social media that there's a single ad format that is native to all the major platform. So vertical video that is holding your phone up like a phone and not landscape, right? That just holding it up uh, selfie mode. That format is native to Instagram. Of course, TikTok, which we can talk about in a minute, which is not just for selling hoodies to 14 year olds anymore. There are multiple, woof, multiple realtors and, other, and many others quietly crushing it on TikTok. Right. That's all Good vertical time. video. Facebook, Twitter even. Uh, has a native vertical video Snapchat. But the point is, is that you can create a really cool piece of content. And boy, in another session, I'd love to talk about um, AI and how to use oh AI in ways that are um, not expected, but really, right. really useful to then create awesome content for vertical video that you can then publish using a social media management platform like a Hootsuite or another tool. So you create like a 45 second piece of content vertical and you can push it out to all the platforms in one fell swoop. So I'm really, really excited about that. So if I could double down on that, not only can you do that, but I would argue that the content you're theoretically pushing out through vertical video is presumably the content that's most useful to your consumer and therefore could very well be the content that you put money behind when you create ads to ensure that it's what they see. Because we know that, you know, your video that went viral with 10 million views, which is amazing. Those views were scattered all over the world. But if you're doing business in a local area, well, social media isn't overly local. And so if you're running a local business, you have to be very strategic in terms of how will I ensure that my content reaches the right local audience. There's a couple of ways to do that. One is make hyper local content that only locals would truly care about and share about. But the other is pay to play. But pay to play is so much more restricted now, unless you leverage the custom audience targeting options, whereby yes, post it organic, yes, add value, but yes, also hedge and double down that they're going to see your content by putting money behind that content so that they're seeing you everywhere. You talked about uh, the magic of multi-channel marketing. You talked about bus benches. You talked about the handwritten notes. You talked about LinkedIn messages. And the, the interesting thing about marketing, especially when you talk about geographic farming, I think a lot of agents look at farming and they think, oh, it's postcards. No, postcards is a channel that is leveraged as part of a marketing plan for a geo farm, but it's not the end all be all. 
if you look at any one channel alone, it's typically less useful than if you combine it with other channels. You keep using the word integrated. Integrated marketing is a foundation staple of all things marketing. And so if you're gonna crush your dominant or dominate your local market area, it's all the above. It's that convergence of physical and digital coming together. It's the direct mail and or the handwritten notes. It's the get in their mailbox. It's the get in their feeds. It's the let them see you everywhere. And when they see you, because your content is so useful, because you're not just a shark, they're gonna love you for it. Now, if you take what we're talking about here today to pump out a message that is tone deaf, falls flat, a noise, then you amplify that. You get whatever you attract. So you're either gonna attract annoyance or opportunity based upon the quality of your marketing. 100%. And, um, and it, you might get short-term gain from standing on a mountain and holding a big megaphone and yelling really loud. For a little uh, bit. Yeah, for a very short period of time. The half-life on that is very short. And if you're dabbling in, you know, in real estate and you're, you're a toe dipper, then, you know, go for it. Uh, but it's, it's not going to create uh, a career. A great example is a guy that we've been working with for three years. Um, yeah. He did a half a billion dollars in, oh. uh, in sales last, last year. He's one of the top Douglas Elliman agents yeah. worldwide. His name is David Siddons. I'll shout him out. Um, he actually sold my wife and my home a couple of months ago. Awesome. And he's a, he's a great example of um, you do everything. You do everything. And then when someone lands on your website, have that chat feature enabled where they and they can and then have a form enabled where they can easily submit a lead. And this is exactly to your point, Jace, which is you know, don't email them unless they've raised their hand. Classic Seth Godin, right? It's permission marketing. And Seth actually was my inspiration for going to the internet when I watched him speak in 1999 was, in Tavern in the Green in New York I was, City. I was inspired <laughs> by Seth too. 100%. He's awesome. But yeah, only when they raise their hand or only after you have worn them up and evoked the most valuable thing of all, which is reciprocity. And so when you evoke reciprocity without expectation of anything in return it'll blow you away and david is a great example siddons is a great example of someone who has embraced every form of marketing and what happens is i've watched him he'll hold his phone and here's a here's a guy who doesn't need to hustle this hard but he does he holds his phone and then the moment someone fills out a form he on his website he responds immediately with a phone okay. call or an email and says, thank you so much. Uh, another example of uh, the way that someone like him is, uh, is integrated in his marketing approach is he'll send her handwritten notes and mm -hmm. then he'll go door to door with brownies. And then he'll door knock and offer something of value. He doesn't ask for anything. He doesn't, he doesn't say I've got buyers. He just says, hey, I was the guy. I've sent you a couple of handwritten notes. I just wanted to stop by with brownies and the ribbon is branded with his name. And then he'll create custom audiences. He'll hit them there. Yes, he interviews all the admissions directors for all the private schools. Yes, he knows when all the pre-construction projects are happening. He puts on a hard hat. He makes friends with the developers and he stands there. He takes a video and he says everything he knows about that pre-construction pro project. He'll transcribe it. I recommend you use a service like Temi, 
T-E-M-I.com to transcribe whatever you do. And then you can transcribe and you can turn that into other content. So it's all about integrated marketing. Dude, we could talk for flipping hours and we probably need to do round two of this because I think we could go to the AI route. I think we could go talk more about, okay, how do you take a seed of content and turn it into an entire forest of content? There's so much more we could geek out on. Uh, today though, I think we, I think we covered some important issues. We covered the importance of if you're running a local business of any type, realtors, you're running a local business. How are you going to become the dominant agent and create, I call it a, put a dome over your town of just saturation in a way that doesn't create, you know, don't, don't amplify noise, amplify value. How do you do that? Well, you do that through a combination, I would argue, of getting the right owner data and the right marketing channels and the right message and put it everywhere. And time. <laughs> and time. And time. Which was implied in what you said. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And time and a lot of patience, especially in this market. Yep. Uh, Jesse, where can they follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at jesse.com. Stein with an extra in at the end. It's a long, long story. My kids created that username uh, or just go to audience.co and you can check out our handwriting robots, which are pretty cool. Love it. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for joining. And for those watching, I want to know what your takeaways were. What are your challenges or questions? Drop them in the comments. And we want to keep making shows that offer value to help you level up your marketing. Until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.